Hey guys, what's going on? Hey. <laughs> Both of us are here today. Uh, we're going to be sharing the word and I'm excited about what God has to share for part two of our Mind Over Mood series. And really our heart and our hope is uh, to challenge us in this season to get to the place where our moods are not controlling our lives. A mood is a temporary state of mind um, or, or uh, temporary state of mind or feeling. And God's design for us is not to be governed by our mood, but indeed that our mind would be focused on Him and that we would be walking in self-control. Uh, isn't that exciting stuff? Okay. Cool, cool. So why don't we go ahead and pray and then we're going to jump into the message and I'm excited to share. Uh, why don't you go ahead and pray for us, babe? God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank, that, thank you that we get to be here to learn about your word. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us and those watching from um, their different devices. God, I pray that you would just impact us, give us a new revelation on things. So thank you for being a God that provides for us and loves us so much. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So uh, I want to I want to just jump in today and we will and share, um, you know, it's just really our journey is pretty crazy. You know, Very crazy. we we grew up in Toronto, Canada. Uh, we lived here for about, you know, 17 years, then left. And both of us went to school uh, to the same school <laughs> uh, from the same place, went, the, went to the same school and lived in the state, started our family, all of that. Um, for 14 years. And so, you know, after living in California, and I always tell people, you know that God is real. <laughs> because there's no, there's no like sane reason why I would have moved from not even having to check the weather outside, yeah, you know, <laughs> to, to, uh, to come back to this cold weather. Right now we're in Sprinter. That's what I call it. Sprinter. Sprinter fam. This, 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 we're trying to figure out spring is and winter are wrestling. Week. Yeah. I mean, what? Crazy. We're in April. April's what? No, we're in May. We're in we're in May, and it's exactly nuts. So, anyways, uh, God called us here, and that's why we're here. But on the way back, man, um, wife and I, you know, we were we were considering what to do in coming home, and you know, God opened up an opportunity for us in terms of our living arrangement, and we were like, you know what? I said to myself, and I said to my wife, babe. We are going to be here for no longer than ninety days. You remember that? <laughs> and you know and I'm like are you sure mm -hmm. 90 days seems kind of quick to get out of their situation and we were about to have a baby another thing most definitely you know and I'm kind of like we're coming from home ownership you know in the United States and this was going to be a, a rental service situation so I'm like this is temporary we are not going to be here more than 90 days I mean more than 90 days and that's it right <laughs> And she's just looking at me like she does, you know, looking at me with that stare and, you know, and it's like, it's just nuts. And I, and I, but I was determined, you know, uh, and all I got to say is five years later, <laughs> five, years later. <laughs> five years later, we are in the same position, not because things are not going well, uh, but there, God had different plans. And, you know, we have been able to position ourselves to an even more solid place than I would have ever imagined. And so the expectation that I put out there, the, the, the goal that I put out there, the optimism that I had, you know, it was founded on my own personal desires, you know, and, and then clearly things didn't work out the way that I planned. I should have listened as usual. Uh, <laughs> I'll admit it, gentlemen, but I should have listened to the wifey. Yeah, and I think that um, we always want to be hopeful, mm -hmm. 
that the, the plans that we want, that, you know, we just feel like God's going to come alongside what we want. You're like, why wouldn't God bless what I want to do? A lot of times we don't consult with God first. We think it's amazing. We've, we've created the right budget. Mm-hmm. We've, we, we've done the plan A, B, C. If that doesn't work out, and God's like, have you even consulted with me? Come on, type A people. <laughs> <laughs> have you even consulted with me of what's your next step? Maybe what you think is good, but you can't see what's coming up tomorrow. You can't come and see what comes up for three months from now. And sometimes we need to take a a minute just to converse with the Lord and say, God, what do you have for me? Yeah, you know, because the thing is, like, when I think about, uh, you know, especially today, we really want to challenge you around the mood of, like, positivity, feeling mm-hmm. positive, feeling optimistic. Positivity and optimism are incredible. Like, by no means are we encouraging you to be pessimists, mm-hmm. you know? There's some of you that always see the glass as half empty, you know, no matter what. And so we're not around here saying, be a pessimistic person, always see negativity, always think the worst, Mm -hmm. by no means, right? But the challenge is that, especially today with all of these motivational people out there, and the motivation industry is booming, and so many people motivating and challenging you, especially for Christians, a lot of times we fall into the trap of being motivated and being optimistic around things that are selfish or even in terms of ourselves. I can do it. I am the greatest. I am the best. And we find that sometimes it actually pushes us away from reliance on God, Mm -hmm. and it pushes us away from godly wisdom and away from what God's design and desire is for our life. And that can most definitely be dangerous. I think, too, it's almost the the stronger, the more wise ideas we think, the better we think the thing will actually happen. Wow, wow. And it's, so if it, if it makes sense in our own understanding, you know. Which is opposite of Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5. 5. 6, yep. Go for it. No, and That's I, your text. My text. That's your life text and right I, now. I said this last week that um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And I think that's the problem. We are not trusting God, we're trusting our own ways, and we're not acknowledging him in everything. God does not just care about your spiritual life, your prayer life, or your giving. He cares about the little things that you think are little. Everything. What are you wearing today? He's caring what you're eating, what you're putting in your body. He cares about who you're talking to. He actually cares about the plans that you, you know, the dreams that you have for this year. And so I think sometimes we get caught up thinking, oh, God only cares about my prayer life. And we, leave, wow. we lead, leave him out of all the other areas of our life. Wow, wow. That's so good. It's so, so good. When I'm thinking, and as you're talking about this, you know, we, we live in a generation, and in, in what you're talking about with wisdom, if it makes sense, where a lot of people, fact checkers, especially the way that things are, you know, one plus one always equals two. And it's like God's math doesn't make sense in many regards. There are so many things in our lives that should not be Hmm. the way that they are when you actually think about them. Uh, But God always manages to come through and do incredible things. And, you know, so the fact of the matter is that right now we're in this season of COVID-19. Can I just add one thing? Of course you can. Go for it. I I like to interrupt. But I think not all good ideas or all good wisdom is God ideas and godly wisdom very good we do not know the difference between a good idea and a god idea yeah 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 no that's so good absolutely um and consequently i would say as a result right now in this season as i was saying in this covid season that we're in right you know one of the challenges and the trappings mm. and the traps and the snares that is set out by the enemy is not just um pessimism mm. 
but it's also uh, being optimistic, right? And setting goals and setting, making plans, you know, in terms of based upon certain things that we think, right? And then we end up in the trap where um, because of our optimism and our positivity, the danger is that we set false expectations. We end up having uh, disappointment. And then especially as it pertains to mental health, we end up in a place of depression because a lot of times these goals that we set, because they're not God goals, somebody in the comments put God goals, God goals, because they're not God goals, they don't end up coming to pass. And so what ends up happening, because it's based on a false expectation, we find ourselves in a place of disappointment. We even find ourselves in a place of depression. Like with me, you know, I said 90 days. Child, 90 days came and went a number of times, you know. And I was, I ended up in places, sometimes I was extremely depressed, sometimes extremely disappointed. And I think what happens when you made the false date of 90 days, mm -hmm. you d weren't properly preparing for the next season. So good. Because you only had your mind on 90 days and not thinking five years later. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do this. We're going to be out there. And not really thinking about what do I need to be present in this moment, regardless if the 90 days goes past, mm -hmm. what can I be doing now that will still help me for my future? That's so good. So good. So we're thinking about the big picture. And this is, this is where we want to challenge you, um, especially when we're talking about mind over mood to be challenging ourselves and checking ourselves. What is your perspective rooted in? Hmm. And it, yes, we need to be positive, and yes, we need to be optimistic, but where is this optimism rooted in? Hmm. Is it in, rooted in your agenda? Is it rooted in your timeline? Because what if, and, and this is the thing, again, we're not trying to be pessimistic, but even within the context of COVID, mm. we're looking for things to open up. And some of you, you have your goals. Oh, well, in the next few months, I'm going to do this, and there's a rollout, and this is what they're saying, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, they, there are so many things that we thought would have happened by now mm -hmm. that the agenda and the timeline went completely different with COVID and with Corona than we thought. Mm -hmm. And so it's imperative for us to really think about this. Where is your optimism rooted? Where is your positivity rooted? I know that you're feeling pumped up. Yeah, we can charge the anthill. Yeah, we can do all of this, but we need to make sure that we are sober-minded. So good. And this, in the comments, in fact, go ahead and, and put sober-minded, sober-minded. There's a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5 that is imperative for us because what I, what I think, what I see happening when we're talking about uh, winning the victory in our mind and mind over mood, uh, this, the Bible has a lot to speak about mm -hmm. in, as it pertains to this. And it challenges us not to become erratic or not to be so, op of course, we don't want to be pessimistic. But we don't want to be to the place where we're so optimistic that we are that we lose our mind or that we're depressed or disappointed because our expectations have not been based upon God and his plan for our lives. This is why the Apostle Peter says in verse eight of chapter five in first Peter says, be sober minded. Mm -hmm. There it is. He starts by saying, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And so note this, one of the, he tells us that we've got to be sober-minded. We've got to be on the lookout. And so when you're erratic, when you're off-kilter, when you're someone that is in a position where you are overly optimistic, or where your optimism is based in yourself and your personal it pushes you in a place where you are not thinking in a sober fashion. It's almost like when someone's false humble. Mm, break that down. And it's almost 
false false humble in the sense of like um you are not really humble you're just putting yourself lower than it really is and being false positivity is like maybe mm. you don't really believe in the situation but you're just speaking it and it's not even faith wow you're just saying it even though and you don't even really believe it faith is believing something that you don't see but false positivity is like I'm just gonna say it for saying, even though I don't really believe, I don't have the faith in it. Wow. I'm just I'm just counteracting fear with a positive saying. Wow, wow! You're saying you can even fake faith. Essentially, you're just in a position where, again, it's a mood. It's a facade. It's a facade. It's a mood. It's like I'm feeling positive, but I don't, and it's just a counteraction of my fear. And I, you, you also know it's false positivity when you're not walking in that same direction. Oh yeah, I'm, you know, for example, like, oh yeah, man, like I know when I get that job, I'm gonna do good with my money, but you're not planning your budget yet. Wow. Or um, I know that um, I'm gonna be, I'm doing great in this season, but yet you're still scared, you're still not, um, you still have doubts in your mind, but you're being false, it's being false. Yeah, yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I think that it's important. So, you know, we really have to challenge ourselves as it pertains to this optimism or this positivity because I think that's one of the biggest snares of the enemy today is getting you so positive and so fired up to run off a cliff. Mm. See what I'm saying? You're positive. You're fired up to run into a wall because he just wants you this mood of positivity and optimism to charge you up. No, I only want to be fired up to do what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. I in this season, especially now, I'm telling you, COVID has not caught God by surprise. This is all a part of his plan and there is something beyond this, but we don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to look we like. Don't. We don't and, and so and when And that's the hardest part out of all of this. We don't know when the end dates is. We don't. We most definitely don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to be. And so the temptation is for us to start making stuff up for prophets and spiritual people to start conjuring up these various things. And granted, God is speaking and God is revealing and God is declaring as we just taught in our Hidden in Plain Sight series. Nonetheless, there are a lot of people who just out of the desperation to bring some hope and bring some positivity and bring some optimism we're starting to write stuff on vision boards that god didn't give us as a vision we're starting to you know believe things that god has not called for us to believe just to be able to get us over this hump god is not just trying to get you over this hump fam he's trying to strengthen you and as my wife was preaching about last week he wants to imbue you with tools right to be able to get through this and to be able beyond this to make impact so it's not like you get to the end of this and then because you were just focused on getting to the end of it, then you miss all the things that God wanted to put in you in this season. Mm -hmm. Or that the plans that you made were simply just knee-jerk plans because you wanted to get out, but they were not legacy plans. They were not generational plans. They were not plans that were rooted in God and his word. Mm -hmm. I think about the story of Jacob um, mm -hmm. going after the woman that he loved. <laughs> and he goes to Laban, hey, I want your daughter Rachel She's beautiful in my eyes. Can I have her? And Laban's like, yeah, sure. Just work for me for seven years. And Jacob goes and works for seven years. He has the wedding, and then he finds out after the wedding night that Laban, his uh, father-in-law, deceives him with Leah, Leah, and he's angry. Mm -hmm. And then Laban's like, all right, finish this week off with me, and then how about you work another seven years for my daughter? I don't know about you, I would be upset. Pissed. Okay, yeah, no, seriously, Pito, because you thought it was gonna be done seven years later, 
and then it changes. And I just kind of feel like we're all in kind of in that situ the situation. Like we think that we're gonna be reopening soon. We think that we know our jobs might be there. We think that we might be going um, places, but it might change. It might change. And you have to be, and this, <clears throat> this really reveals our foundation. I always say like Matthew chapter seven, uh, there's the, the parable about how uh, you know, a guy builds his house on the sand and a guy builds his house on the rock mm -hmm. and the storm hits both of them, mm -hmm. right? Um, knocks out windows, all this stuff. But at the end of the storm, there was one house that was still standing. And it was the guy that was built on the found, strong foundation, whereas the guy whose house was on the sand, it fell over. Mm -hmm. So the storm reveals our foundation. There are a lot of us who declare that our trust and our faith is in God. However, right, this is revealing where um, there are weaknesses in our foundation. Um, or it's truly revealing whether we're built on Christ or not. And so the fact of the matter is, stuff is going to happen, right? But even if you don't get that job back at the end of this, right? Even if some of the relationships that you thought were going to be mended at the end of this are no longer there. Even if the church building does not open for the next year, right? This is not pessimism. Mm. It is faith in God, true faith that Romans 8:28 that all things work together for good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Even even the, the thing about it is in this story which you mentioned which is so powerful. I mean when we actually look at this this is Genesis chapter 29 for those who are wondering where we're at. Verse 18 says Jacob loved Rachel and he says uh, and it's, and he said, I will serve you seven years for the younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that um, I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. And then he says in verse 20, so Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed uh, to, her, to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Mm. You know, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, it it. Have you ever said, you ever heard this, the saying, time flies when you're having fun? Mm -hmm. Time flies, especially when you're in love. It's times when I'm sitting there talking to this beautiful lady over here, and time will go by. We've been talking for like four hours, and it seems like 15 minutes, especially when we were in the courting process. Oh, yeah. It's just nuts. Time goes by. 6 a.m. late, until 6 a.m. phone calls. Phone calls. Phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> but we would, you know, it would just, it would be nuts. But time went by, and it says that it seemed like a few days. But look at this. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her, for the time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. Uh, and Laban, verse 24, gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant. And in the morning, imagine waking up, you know, and, and seeing what has transpired. Behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said, did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Mm. Laban said, it is not so done in my country to give the younger before the firstborn. It's just insane because clearly Jacob serves with the desire and with the understanding out the gate that he is going to get, he is going to get uh, Rachel. But he ends up getting Leah. And the reason why is, he says it's because this is not the way they do it in their country. Have you ever been in a position where you're like, you don't know the rules? Sometimes you start out, we started out with coronavirus and we started out in this whole season and so many things have transpired and time has gone on and you're like, man, I wish I knew that in the beginning. Or I think about, <laughs> think about Jacob, 
I worked hard for seven years. Come on. And now, and it's like, how many times we think well, I've worked hard for my education, I've worked wow. hard at this job, I've raised these kids, I waited 11 years for kids in school full time, and things change. Yeah. And then to imagine that it took him 14 years. Wow. To get the very thing he's been praying for, that he looked for, that he loved, he waited. And so I think with all this, it's learning that things that we hope for can change. Yeah. And positivity won't get us there. It won't. It's going to be hard. But he had faith in that he was going to get the love of his life at the end. Yeah. And he ended up, he ended up getting the love of his life. And that's it. (laughs) And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. He still got it. Even though it took 14 years to get the thing that he was promised. So good. He still got it. And I don't know how many of you is, it's taking too long. You're saying, but God, if God said it, he will, he's not a man that will, he will lie. And so I think we have to be Mm. patient in the process, even though we don't know what the future holds. Come on. Can you, you just talk about it. And there's such a preach in there because even going back to my scenario in the beginning, Mm. so it is, there's so many things that have happened that have blessed my socks off in this process, you know, and now next year, uh, by faith, you know, we are, we are in the position where we are looking into actually moving into our own home. Come on, praise God. And even though it took five years when I said 90 days, trust and believe I am grateful because what God has said over our lives is coming to pass. Although the timeline has been different than what I expected. And so this is it. It's like if God has promised you something, mm-hmm. you if your faith is in him, even though the timeline looks different, it doesn't mean that his promise is not going to come to pass. Can I just preach to myself? Because it's uh, th- the fact of the matter is there's stuff in my life right now that coronavirus has popped up and has jacked up. And there are things that I'm like, man, are you serious? But then I have to check myself because what you start doing is you start getting uh, allowing optimism and positivity to take over and this is why a lot of this stuff does not fit within the context of Christianity positivity is not Christianity Mm. just because you're positive does not mean you're leading a spirit-led Christian life right the disciples and the apostles trust me fam when they were under when they when they were to the place where they were talking with Christ and they were thinking about his kingdom and reigning with him and his stuff happened they died without seeing his kingdom come back yet. And there were a lot of things. They were in prison. They were in bondage. They had lost. They were shipwrecked. They were, they, all, they were stoned to death. All sorts of things transpired. Does that mean that they were pessimistic? No, they had hope. Come on, somebody. Can I preach out here in this lobby? They had hope, but their hope was in Christ and not their own timeline. And they knew that there was something greater that was ahead and that might not have fit into their agenda come on if the circumstances might not have been the ones that they would have handpicked for themselves mm. but they knew that ultimately what god had promised them was and still is going to come to pass come on give him praise on. right there in your living room that is such a good word and yeah. i think that our anchor in our life needs to be the hope of jesus christ amen and when you feel sometimes you are sinking, maybe you're not sinking, maybe that the anchor in your life is just getting getting situated at the bottom of the sea. Oh, man. Oh, that's so good. Because I think sometimes there's a moment when you're like, when you walk into faith, it's scary. You're like, I don't know. You kind of feel like you're drowning, but maybe God's just putting the anchor down. Mm. And, he, wow. is he, and, it, it might, and a lot of times you, you put an anchor, but a lot of times the boat or whatever it's anchoring is not that close. It's on a leash, so it's a little bit farther away. You can't sometimes, mm. it's not so close, but it's 
anchored, and my hope in this season is anchored in Christ. And he ain't going nowhere. You better preach. Even though sometimes I might drift. I was reading Hebrews this morning. Mm. And I'm thinking in this season, it's so easy to drift. But even yeah. when you drift, if you have your anchor and you can't go too wow. far from Christ. I was just thinking it's just nuts as you were talking about that and how you're on a leash. And so when sometimes when the boat starts moving away, you don't even know that you're on an anchor until the, the tug comes. Come on. Until the boat jerks up, Come you on. know, and you realize that, oh, wait a minute. Uh, when you thought that. Oh, I thought that stuff was breaking apart. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought I was going to go out into the Come deep. On, Come on. Oh, I thought that stuff was going to fall apart. Yes. Oh, my. I thought that, you know, my marriage was going to be over. Oh, I thought that my finances were going to be jacked up and I was going to be in financial bondage for the rest of my life. Oh, I thought that COVID-19 was king and that my life was going to be over because of what I had contracted. I wonder if there's anybody that knows, come on, that if you're, even though you might feel a little bit of rocking, come that on. rocking is not because things are going to break over. But if, you're, if your anchor is in Christ, no matter how the boat goes to rocking, no matter how the persecution comes, no matter how the challenges come, no matter how, I feel like I might have to run around this lobby, no matter what happens... Your soul, I hear the song, is anchored in the Lord. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on. So good. Hashtag ant anchored in the comments. Yes, anchored, anchored. I love it. And you know, in James chapter 4, this is powerful because when we're talking about where are you anchored? Hmm. Where, are, where is your positivity anchored? Where is your optimism anchored? These are the questions that we're asking. Because I love it. Watch this. This is what, this is what the Apostle James says uh, in James chapter 4, verse 13 and onward. And this is, an this is a life verse. Mm. This is a life hack. Mm -hmm. And this is what faith actually looks like. Because mm. James, he's, he equalizes this thing. He brings faith and works together and says, you can say all sorts of stuff like you were talking about. You can just be doing your positive declarations. You look in the mirror. I never forget watching Cool Runnings and, and he's like, I have pride. I have power. I am a bad mother that won't take no crap from nobody. I forgot how he said it. But you can look in the mirror and you can do all of your declarations and all of that. And, and that's great. And they can great. be truth. And they it's can be true. It's not even that we're not saying that it's not true. But what are you anchored in? Exactly. Because positivity can push you somewhere that is false. But when you're anchored in the word and truth and promises. Mm-hmm. Things, the benefits come out. And the thing is, oftentimes, you know, the promises of God don't give us a timeline. So when we're talking about uh, our timelines and our agendas and the expectations that we're setting, we ought to have faith in God and not just an outcome that we are desiring and conjuring up. Mm -hmm. And this is what I wanted to, to bring to light in the text. Bible declares in James chapter 4, verse 13, Come now, you who say today, or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Verse 14 says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. What is your life? Hey, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And this is what he gives us, this admonishment as it pertains to how we should make declarations. And how it is that we should, uh, where our faith and our trust should rest. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, mm -hmm. 
Everybody in the comments put, if the Lord wills, if, if the, Lord, the wills. Lord wills. If the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. And so that's powerful because he's making it clear. See, some of us, it's the opposite. It's like, no, you're not having faith. Mm-hmm. You're not having faith because you're not declaring, you know, that this is going to happen. And if you, what you're saying is doubt. And a lot of times, no fam, it's not doubt. It's actual faith. Mm-hmm. It's faith in God as opposed to just a desired outcome or a desired timeline that many times is not God's timeline. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're asking God, bless me for my plans. Bless mm-hmm. me. And I think I said this earlier. Like We're continually asking God, this is my idea. Can you bless it? Yeah. Versus, God, what do you want me to do so you can bless it? Yeah, as it said, and this is, this is if you take away anything in terms of your plan making mm-hmm. for this future and for this season that is ahead, right? No matter what it looks like. We want to ask God, God, help me to do what you're blessing mm-hmm. as opposed to blessing what I'm doing. God, help me to do what you're blessing or lead me to what you're blessing, right? When you pray a prayer like that, fam, when your trust is truly and in the Lord and your focus is in him, you can know that you are going to prosper, that you are going to make it, that you, and so there my positivity is in Christ because no matter what happens in this earth, even, and I say this all the time, even if you die in Christ, You are in a better position than being alive on the earth without Christ. Because again, and that is the that is positive. This is why the apostle Paul and these guys, they talked about uh, death and being into a place where even that was not a pessimistic thing. Mm -hmm. It was optimistic to look forward to being able to be in the man in the presence of God Mm -hmm. eternally. And not just here on this earth. So you have to challenge yourself. And notice he says something that we are scared of. If it be your will. And so I would. And this, is, this is one of the scariest places. It is sca- more scary to me. Right. To live my life in a position where my words and my decisions are creating my future. Like all these people that this law of attraction and this this whole uh, speaking things into existence, I would I would be frightened out of my. It would be tragic to live a life that is dictated, that is destined, and that is determined by my declarations. I'm not. That's Are so, you hearing this? That is so good. <laughs> the reason why that's so Woo, good is I think we have too much faith in ourselves. Come on, thinking that we know what tomorrow holds and. Imagine if God actually answered the prayers wow. of our positivity or what we think we really wanted. Woo! There's so, there's a blessing in the nose. Oh my. There's a blessing Come in the closed doors. In the comments, there's a blessing in the nose. There's a blessing in the nose and there's a blessing in the closed doors. Come on. There's a blessing in not getting that check. Yeah, yeah. In the opportunity. So good. No, that is amazing. And this is why he admonishes that we say rather, if the Lord wills. Yes. So guess what, fam? If the Lord wills, this church building will be open back up and COVID will be to the place where we can actually come in and gather, you know. But if the Lord wills, we, it might be to the place where we're still online and we still finna have church. And you know what I'm thinking? I don't want God to be my co-signer. I want to be hit. I want to co-sign onto him, on his blessing. I do not want to be God to be my co-signer on what I want. I want to co-sign to the promises that he has 
for me. She wants to agree. Come on, you bet. My God, I want to agree with Jesus on his plans for my life. Come on. I don't want him to just agree with my plans. No, and it's so crazy because we look at scriptures that talk about whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You cannot just build an entire doctrine off of this or uh, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And we think that this gives us the sovereignty mm. to be able to picture or to be able to create our future meaning that we are able to escape the sovereignty of God that we are able to get to the place where we can outthink God or where we can put something in place that is going to be better than what God has for us if you're declaring the way you're going to prosper is if you're rooted in God in his word come on because that same Bible declares in Psalm chapter 1 uh, verse 1 blessed is the man that walks now not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but delights himself in the law of the Lord and that time that was what they had the word of the Lord day and night for that person mm -hmm. will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season come on and whatsoever he does will prosper and this is powerful and he says the ungodly are not like that they are like the the chaff that the wind drives away this is why jesus says in john chapter 15 he says if you abide in me and my word abides in you yes. you will ask whatever it is that you want in my name mm. come on in so his name. in his name mm. and so and it notice his word is abiding in you. Mm. So when I'm asking stuff, I'm not asking for stuff that's against God's word and his will. When I'm making declarations, when I'm asking, when I'm declaring, what's coming out of my mouth is life. Come on, because his word, it's coming out of a place. It's the outgrowth of the word of God in me. Mm. And so the question is, that's why you got to ask yourself, are you declaring if the Lord wills? Is the sovereignty of God at the substratum of your declaration? Mm. Is the sovereignty of God the, the, the rudder and the, the director? Is Jesus in, in the pilot seat? Mm. You know, we always, we always used to talk about Jesus is my co-pilot. Yeah. Yo, fam, I don't want Jesus to be my co-pilot. I, I just feel this thing. Jesus is not my co-pilot. I need Jesus to be my pilot, yes. and I'm the one sitting in the passenger Come seat. On. Jesus, take me for a ride. Come on, somebody. Mm. Jesus, take me for a ride. Jesus is, Jesus is bad enough to the point where he could be asleep in the back of a boat in the middle of a storm, and you're in a better off position than if things were calm, and he... Bruh, you preaching. So good. So and I, and I think also to go with all this is a lot of us are missing out on the promises or even having the confidence because we don't know what's in God's word. Wow. And I think that's what's the thing that's missing in a lot of us. Or we're in our words, but we don't understand what the words are saying in the God's word. Mm. This, is, this is imperative. This is why life groups are important. Mm. This is why Bible study is important. This is why praying and asking God to give you understanding mm -hmm. is imperative as you're uh, approaching God's word. Something that you said that even brought this back to my mind is that oftentimes we miss, watch this, we miss the promises that are made to us in scripture that are related to the storm, right? And God revealing himself, his power, his love, his abundance in the storm because we're just focused on the promises that have to do with when we get out of it. Mm. So give me an example. 
Philippians 4, verse 6, which is one of my favorite passages, especially in this season and talking around mental uh, victory and all of this. Bible says in 4, 6, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so this is a promise to us in times when we could be anxious, that instead of being anxious, if we pray and if we have earnest prayer and we employ thanksgiving in the midst of this, that God will release and reveal peace to us that's beyond our understanding. Watch this. This is, this is, this is a preach. I feel this. This is it. Watch this. I am not going to get peace that passes understanding if I make plans that are based on my understanding. Bruh, preach. I am not going to get peace that he talks about that doesn't make sense if I'm looking for peace in things that make sense in the earth. And so this is nuts because we're looking and we're striving for earthly peace. And oftentimes, we think that through our anxiety, through our obsession of things, mm -hmm. through over things and situations and circumstances, that we're going to get this. And so God is promising us peace in place of anxiety, in seasons where there should be anxiety. And when we could be anxious, he's promising us this peace. But we often miss it because we're trying to use worldly, we're, we're pursuing earthly peace. God will give you peace that a vacation can't fix. Come on, I need one of those. Wait, let me say this. <laughs> God will give you peace that is beyond you being able to be in a room with uh, kid-free for six hours. God will give you peace that comes, a peace of mind that will come beyond you having a job with full benefits. Oh, can I talk about it? Mm. God will give you peace beyond all of these things when he says that you're anxious for nothing. So for me, it's like in this season where the kids literally are bouncing off the walls. Well, it's like we oftentimes will miss this opportunity. And the reason why is because we're we're pursuing peace outside of God or we're utilizing worldly principles and just being positive and optimistic. But positivity and optimism that's not rooted in Christ is not going to give you godly peace. And before we close with all this, I think to a lot of our issue is we're talking about mind over the over mood. A lot of times we get moody with God because come on, you know, because our our we're we're claiming the promise, mm. but it's not happening when we want it. We're like, I thought you said this, and we're looking again timelines, and we get frustrated with with God. And I think sometimes we have to remember that even though if our circumstance doesn't change, so doesn't mean the promise changed. Wow. Wow. Say that again. That's so good. Doesn't mean if our circumstances hasn't changed does not mean that God's promises changed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to be steadfast and not be moody people because I think a lot of times, hello, we can easily be moody how we're feeling for the day. That's real. Even though the promise is real and the promise is, um, is not moving. Mm. We're moody because I don't feel like he's coming through when I want to. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I need this. Or I don't think that I've been, I went through five interviews and I still haven't got a job yet. Or, wow. you know, I've lost five children. It's not coming through. Or, you know, I need more money and it's not coming through. And it's like we become moody, which moods are real. Feelings. They are. They are. But it doesn't change the promise that God has Amen. or the plans he has for our lives.
It's so good. And this is the thing because a mood by definition, you know, just looking it up is a temporary state of mind um, or feeling. And so I'm not going to base my future off of a temporary state of mind. So good. You've got to be sober minded and being sober minded, especially is resting mm. on God's promises, resting in his promises. Mm. You know, as the songwriter would say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. righteousness. I dare not trust, watch this, the sweetest frame, but wholly lean, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, lean on Jesus' name. Amen. And it's powerful. He says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, a frame or something that pops up, mm. right, that will affect my mood. Even this blip in Earth's history called COVID-19 and the emotions and things that come up. I'm not going to trust or I'm not going to start acting a certain way based mm. on this because I'm wholly leaning on Christ. Mm. Now, you know, as we bring this plane down for a landing, and we're talking about this, uh, I think it's imperative that we look at Jesus because even Jesus, Jesus was in a place where he battled yeah. depression and he was in a position where he, Jesus was in a place where he fought a negative mood. Yeah. He fought a mood where he was at that, you know, notice he did not just uh, get to the place where he uh, positively talked himself out of it. Mm. He didn't optimize himself out of it. He wasn't like, I am going to be optimistic. But look at this because this is powerful. His assignment was to go to the cross. And many of us think that Jesus was like, yes, this is the greatest thing, you know, ever. The Bible says for the joy that was set before him in Hebrews chapter 12, that he endured the cross. The cross was not the joy. Wow. We were the joy, wow. right? But in that moment, look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Bible says, then Jesus went with him, with them to a place called Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And talking with him uh, and taking with him, Peter and the, the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. So he's in this moment where he's sorrowful and he's troubled. You know, he's thinking about what it is that he's getting ready to experience. And the Bible says, look at this, verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Jesus was like in a moment of depression. His mood completely went down. He was depressed to the point of death. Look at this. It was, this, this was before the cross. Wow. Before the cross... Jesus felt sorrowful toward the point of death. And he says, remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed. So this is Jesus in his humanity. Remember, this is not his deity. This is when he is in his humanity, he laid all of that other stuff aside so he could have this human uh, existence to be able to experience and take on our weight and our sin and our grief and everything, right? In order to pay for our sins. And so he's in this moment talking in this way. And he says, look at what he says to the father. And going a little further, he fell on his face, prayed, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. There we go. Nevertheless. Somebody in the comments put nevertheless. nevertheless. And we out here in this lobby. Nevertheless. I just had to deal with this echo. It says, not as I will, but as you will. Mm. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he said to Peter, so you couldn't watch with me for one hour. This is so powerful because he's in the position where he is making this declaration. He is sorrowful. 
he is to the place he's, 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 he's to the place of the point of death how depressed he was in this moment this mood however did not hinder him didn't get him to the place where he's like i think i can i think i can i think i can let me be the en little engine that could i can do it i can do it i can do it no he says nevertheless it's not about my will but your will be done do you hear you hear uh, him speaking in alignment with james or james speaking in alignment with him echoing down the corridors of time says if you are in a position you should not be making these arrogant boastings about what you finna do the funniest thing is when our kids show up and they're like um, especially Claire now she's like a little bossy and she shows up and she'll be like um, I'm gonna watch TV and then I'm going to go and eat two candies it has to be two, two candies and then after that I'm gonna go and have a freezy and then we're gonna go on a walk okay mom and looking for you to co-sign mm -hmm. mm -mm. ain't happening but in, this is not what God is desiring for us is God's desire for us is to be honest with him and transparent with him yes this is a difficult season but it's not about our will and we're not going to positive ourselves and optimize ourselves into a future that is outside of God's sovereignty Come or his on. plan. But we want to say yes, Lord, to your plan. Yes. yes to your will. Not our will, but your will be done. So reveal to us, here it is, what your blessing. Lead us to what your blessing. As opposed to God, I want you to come over here and, let, and I'll put an in Jesus name on it. And that will sign it. And that means you're for what it is that I'm doing. Take the lead. Come on, come on. So praise the Lord. Uh, we're just so blessed by this. And in this moment, as we, you know, think about what Christ has done for us. And as we mentioned here in Matthew chapter 26, how, you know, he was in route to go and die for our sins. Someone watching might be saying, what on earth are you talking about? Why should I be consulting with God? God doesn't care nothing about me. Well, I want to tell you this. Look at the most amazing thing that has ever transpired in earth's history what are you talking about pastor andrew well listen it was when jesus over two thousand years ago came and died for our sins and you're saying why would he why did he need to die for my sins well thousands of years before that our first parents the first humans on earth adam and eve they disobeyed god they did not do what he said and consequently consequently sin came unto them death came unto them and it became hereditary and passed down to everyone who has come after them so just like high blood pressure can be hereditary just like uh forms of cancer can be passed on from generation to generation so it is with sin and the bible says in romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death but this is the beautiful part the b part is that god didn't leave us stranded amen come on somebody and so when we're talking about Jesus coming and dying for our sins, the B part of that verse in Romans 6.23 says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Jesus came, he lived perfect, he died for your sins, but he didn't stay dead. Bright and early on Sunday morning, he grows from death with all power. And so every Sunday morning for us when we gather as a church is a reminder about this miraculous experience. And which proved that he indeed was God in flesh because he rose from death. And today he extends eternal life to each and every single one of us. So now you, you'll no longer be a sinner, but you will be a sinner saved by grace. Amen. You'll be someone that has eternal life. You get to, when you die in this earth, you get to be with Jesus forever. You will never perish, the Bible says, but you will have eternal life. And so you might be like, how in the world do I get this? How does this happen to me? Bible makes it clear 
John 3 16 that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life if you would put trust and faith in Jesus today and you know what this means is you're giving your life to him you're putting your trust in what he has done as opposed to what you can do and Romans 10 and 9 says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you ask him to be the Lord of your life the boss the king of your life and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead then you would be saved saved from death saved from hell because the Bible talks about that being the ultimate place of punishment for those of us who decide to go aside from God and to remain disconnected from him and so I invite you today we invite you today to respond to God's love to respond if you believe in your heart that God indeed has raised him from the dead put your trust and your faith in him today and ask him to be the Lord of your life so I'm getting ready if this person is you and you're like today is my day this is the day that I have made this decision I have responded to Christ's love by putting faith in him and and I want him to be the Lord and the boss of my life I want to be led by him as opposed to just my own agenda if that person is you right where you are I'm going to lead this prayer of commitment and I want you to repeat after me I want you to pray this and mean it with all your heart it's not this prayer that saves Jesus saves but it's this prayer that you're saying I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm dedicating I'm responding and dedicating I'm making a decision today uh, to respond to God's love so here we go we say God thank you for sending Jesus Jesus thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power in your hands come into my life be Lord of my life. Make me new. Forgive me of my sins. And be with me now and forevermore. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, praise God. Isn't that amazing? amazing? Come on, come on, come on. Heaven is literally going nuts right now. The Bible says over every person that makes a decision so to good. put their trust in Christ. So God bless you. And, you know, we want to connect with you. 